0: Hello, and welcome to Filled with His Love. You know, mortality can be threatening. That's an understatement. We often feel inadequate, unprepared, and basically weak at times. That's why we need to draw upon God's power if we are to make it through this life. We simply can't make it on our own. We need His strength, His power, His grace. When my mother was suffering with dementia— I sometimes felt completely powerless. I could not calm her. I could not help her remember what happened a few minutes before. She was often so frustrated, and in what I would call mental pain. She recognized she had dementia, and that's what made it so painful, I think, for her. But my siblings and I were unsure how to help her, so we kept trying whatever we could to help her deal with a disease that was so unrelenting. We needed more than our own knowledge and more than the help doctors could offer. We needed God's help. And so did she. We eventually located a facility that we felt good about and we felt could help her. I believe we were led to that place. The director of the Alzheimer's unit, where we took her, I think took a special immediate liking to my mother. I wasn't sure why, but she did. She was not a member of our church. But I think my mom helped her in some way become interested in the church and eventually she was baptized. Years later, she still had a picture of my mother on the shelf in her office. And then a number of years after that, she asked if I would seal her to her husband and children, which I did in the Hawaii Temple. Somehow not known to us at the time, God was working through my mother even though she had a degenerative disease. God's power is real, more real than any power the world can bestow. In Matthew 10, we read, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. My mother was a disciple of Jesus, as were his twelve apostles when he was on earth. And the director of that Alzheimer's unit received my mother, and in the process of receiving her, received the Spirit of God also. We can all draw upon God's power, and when we do, others who receive us will receive the Lord as well. Every time we decide how to minister to another person, we can draw upon God's power. Every time we exercise our duties in a calling we've been given, we can draw on His power. How is this possible? Here is what President Nelson has said in his talk, The Everlasting Covenant. Quote, Every man... And every woman who participates in priesthood ordinances and who makes and keeps covenants with God has direct access to the power of God. End quote. The degree to which we can draw upon the powers of heaven is perfectly tied to the degree to which we make the covenants with God the go- the covenants that God wants us to make, and then the amount of determination we have to keep those covenants. When I was pursuing my Ph.D. in Instructional Psychology, Grant Harrison was my mentor. Grant once wrote a book called Drawing Upon the Powers of Heaven. Many have benefited from this book over the years. It's still in print even though it first appeared in the 1970s. And that says a lot for a book in the Latter-day Saint Church. So here's an excerpt. Quote, "Thinking negatively does not require any effort. Maintaining a believing frame of mind, however, requires an exerted effort over a sustained period of time." End quote. His counsel corresponds to the ideas I've expressed in previous episodes of this podcast. What he called negative thinking, I call negative internal chatter, those thoughts in the background of our mind that keep rolling around even when we're not totally aware of them. These thoughts, as Grant said, and as he explained in this quote, they do not require any effort. I never thought about that before, but actually these negative kinds of things that just pop into our mind, they just come unbidden at times without much effort on our part. Thoughts about how inadequate we feel or how we wish we had done better or how we feel afraid of something in our future. What I like about the second part of his statement is the concept of mental exertion. He says that if we want a believing frame of mind, if we want positive internal chatter rather than negative chatter, then we need to exert ourselves, not physically, but mentally. And this does not happen overnight, he says. It takes time. We need to practice it every day. Mental exertion is how we increase our faith in the Lord. We consciously think of Him, His mercy, His grace, His power, and His love. When we begin to dwell on these things, by directing our mind to these things, we draw closer to the Lord. We remember the covenants we've made. We remember how we covenanted to take His name upon us. And when we do that, His power begins to flow into our mind and heart. We feel His comfort. We feel His power. We feel Him magnifying us so that we can accomplish what He would have us do in this life. Grant also encouraged readers of his book to do the following. Quote, you could ask, he said, ask yourself this question— To what degree do my thoughts focus on the attainment of righteous desires? And to what degree do I allow mundane preoccupations, doubts, and fears to occupy my mind? This question is itself a way of exerting ourselves mentally. It's a self assessment of exertion. Are we allowing the mundane to take us over? the negative internal chatter or are we focusing our thoughts on how we attain our righteous desires this is a powerful question because we know that most people because it takes no effort spend more mental time on the mundane and negative than on the than on how they might attain righteous desires I'm convinced that if we could exert more mental effort focusing on the positive, righteous desires of our heart, God's power would flow more freely into our lives. I can't imagine anything more desirable than that. My mother could not exert herself mentally as we can, but she found ways to give of herself until her final days. Even though her short-term memory was gone, She had an uncanny memory for the hymns. It was amazing to watch, actually. So she was called upon in the Alzheimer's unit to lead the hymns when they had hymn singing. I visited her one day when she was leading the hymn, There is beauty all around when there's love at home. You should have seen her. I mean, she looked like the pro conductor of all time. She did not miss a beat. She was a singer, once a member of the Tabernacle Choir, and she sang out every word, every note, perfectly, without looking at the book, of course. It was all in her long-term memory. I think this was one of the reasons she endeared herself to the director of the unit. For those brief moments, her mind worked perfectly. It was her way of exerting herself mentally, and it worked The group had their eyes glued to her and sang along as best they could. In those moments, she was, in my mind, definitely drawing upon God's power as she led those hymns and as they sang them. Heaven was close. She could feel it. And those singing along with her could feel it too. So I hope we can all... Do a little more mental exertion about the positive righteous desires and draw more upon God's power in our lives. We'll see you next time.